Reagan was sworn in on January 20, 1981, at the age of 69, becoming the oldest person sworn in as president in history. Despite Carter's Malay speech, Americans living in the 70s did not have a sense of doom and gloom. When President Reagan took office, he effectively captured the national mood. In his first inaugural address, Reagan acknowledged the challenges ahead, but he exuded sunny optimism, telling Americans, quote, I believe we, the Americans of today, are ready to act worthy of ourselves, ready to do what must be done to ensure happiness and liberty for ourselves, our children, and our children's children. Reagan's comments in his inaugural address were classic examples of his faith in free markets and smaller government, the central beliefs of his conservative political philosophy. But the great communicator had also skillfully tied his personal beliefs into a message meant to encourage Americans to rely on themselves, not government. In style, Reagan quickly set up a unique way of managing the White House. In contrast to Carter's micromanagement and recognizing his own comfort level as an actor, Reagan decided that he would perform theatrics while his advisers made policy, essentially making him a salesman. Reagan polished his public appearances and offered an image of a strong White House, while his subordinates got to work making policy. In fact, Reagan was said to be bored and inattentive at White House meetings. With this style, Reagan quickly assumed the title of Great Communicator. Regardless of whether he was actually bored with the meat of these policies, the president seemed to have an intuitive grasp of public leadership, and Reagan masterfully utilized it to his political advantage. On March 30, 1981, however, Reagan's leadership was very nearly brought to an abrupt end. Less than 70 days into his term, the president was leaving a Hilton hotel when an unstable man named John Hinckley Jr. was able to get within 15 feet of the president as he approached a waiting limousine. Hinckley fired off several rounds, one of which hit press secretary James Brady in the head and another which hit Thomas Delahanty as Delahanty moved to protect Reagan. As Secret Service agents pushed Reagan into the limousine, Hinckley fired a few more rounds, one of which hit Agent Timothy McCarthy in the chest as he laid across Reagan. The sixth and final round Hinckley fired bounced off the limousine's armored sidings and entered Reagan's body under his left arm, coming within an inch of his heart. Reagan was not even initially aware that he was injured until collapsing in the limousine, and he was rushed into surgery. He was released on April 11th, making a quick recovery and becoming the first sitting U.S. president to survive being shot. Due in part to the assassination attempt, Reagan's popularity skyrocketed to a 73% approval rating. In the summer following the attempt, Reagan vowed to fulfill one of his major campaign promises, a tax cut. Reagan's supply-side plan called for a three-phase tax cut and sharp reductions in spending on social programs, such as health, housing, and education. The president contended that cutting taxes would free up money for business owners to increase the supply of goods and hire more employees. In late July, Congress passed the Economic Recovery Tax Act of 1981, reducing income tax rates across the board. The total cut represented a 23% reduction on the nationwide tax burden. Sandra Day O'Connor and the Air Traffic Control Strike 